come with me and you'll see a land of OSHA violations. Good evening, Black Pants Legion. It is I with Mr. Goat. Good day, Mr. Goat. Hi there. That was way out of tune. I apologize. And uh, Mr. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Hello. So one of the things <clears throat> I wanted to talk about was something I realized uh, with with the nature of the world as the world shapes us as individuals. You and I and we as this sort of strange collective are more like a traveler crew or a shadow run team <laughs> than we are any of the social normative structures of our parents' generation. You never hear of our parents' generation of, oh, those three guys who are not fucking each other, who are living together and doing stuff. You, it's, it's just one of those things where the only place, and this is something that's magical, because this is a return to monkey thing that maybe COVID, that maybe remote work has forced back upon us. And think about it. The last time that it w you would hear these sagas of strange people going off and starting small businesses and little crazy things, the last time you heard about this was little companies called TSR and, and little other companies called... Uh, White Wolf. White Wolf, right. And it's a bunch of guys that get into a house... And buying like traveler ship shares, and they each have little parts of this little thing they do. And it's at that place where things are very pure. It got corrupted somewhat as a notion where they were like hype house and you know all the yeah all, all the, the all yuppie the, gentrification yeah. shit yeah and that was just nonsense because back in the eighties and seventies you would find like Gygax and Co. It'd be like okay we have this like shithole house and rural bumfuck. And we're just going to like punch out like eight source books in six months from like idea to publish. We're going to need a lot of weed and a lot of pizza. We're going to need some music and we're going to need a copy editor in that order. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just like it was a crazy time because when you think about that, it's a lot like the throwback of artist colonies in the 1920s and 30s, which were similarly very hard times. And so you look at us as now. We are banding together like every little weird generation of people banding together. We're a nerd generation doing it, a second generation nerd generation doing it 30 years after they did, which I've, no, 40 years after they did. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting cycle. But I think that that shaped our wants because we look at investments very differently. My parents' generation invested in stonks because their parents' generation invested in stonks. And my parents are still working in their 60s. Because they invested in stocks. And so <clears throat> I am entrusted in a system where they're like, hey, Tex, you should invest in stocks. And I'm like, well, hold up. <laughs> the last people who did that did not succeed. And what happened to them? And they were like, Lehman Brothers. And I was like, right. Like, no one, n nothing bad happened. And all this money disappeared and it's gone. It's like three generations of wealth in my family just erased. And so I'm one of the ones that survived and actually succeeded and barely by the skin of my teeth by just stumbling around and stomping through minefields like a fucking hoedown and minesweeper. I mean, I'm an idiot, but I never lose enthusiasm. I just do dumb shit and I keep doing it till I'm like, aha, Yahtzee, found it. That's the safe zone. 
I may be missing limbs, but I'll keep doing it. Oh, I remember when I first had to had to invest in stocks because I was doing my taxes, and my mom was like, "Oh, you should put something into an IRA." It's like, the fuck is that? Oh, it's like a couple thousand you put out from your savings, and you can't withdraw until you let retire, me, but it puts into stocks. Let it's me like, let me tell you about an Odyssey when we bought this house. How I had to liquidate some money to move it around. Uh-huh. Okay, I had to elect which of my investment accounts to terminate. Mm-hmm. Because as as I said on the Patreon, Mr. Tex runs things in an extreme disadvantage and loss to the point where it's like financially perilous. I just explained all of that on the Patreon openly and honestly and overwhelmingly are people like Tex, you ran a business for 11 years out of your own pocket and worked two jobs and gave all this away and then gave to charity and you're wondering why you're broke. You dumbass, take a paycheck, you know. Um, but the the thing is is i i explore a lot of very stupid ideas uh but with no like again loss of enthusiasm yeah well what i did was um i remember like my parents invested very heavily into like a couple of different companies yeah and i remember growing up being here i'm like oh our actions at company x are down and it was like yeah so i was like hmm so I have like four grand to play around with, right? You know, I I live very frugally. I'd been yeah, putting five hundred away. Yeah, like, you live like most of us, where we're like, gentlemen, the time has come. I've reached my mid twenties. It's time to make a significant investment. I'm gonna buy a, a new. No, no, it's like I'm gonna buy a new modest car. It yeah. will have four doors. <laughs> And, and, and it'll have a hat so I can get the fuck out of the state if I have to with, right. mo- with more of my stuff. No, but I was like, hmm, I will have one of each. And I just typed random fucking uh, initials in the fucking search engine and like just bought one if yeah. I could afford it. Yeah. And you know what? I made a fuck. Th- I made a good amount of money off of it. Well, and that's the thing with stonks <laughs> is like I was sitting there and listening to stonk markets, man's. And here's the thing is I do know there are people with money who listen to this podcast and they're going to go text. Wait, what was that whole thing? And I was like, dude, I went over on the Patreon and they're going to go. I don't want to listen to it. And I'm like, well, look, TLDR, I'm pretty selfless, but like, as again, stupid to a huge financial thing. So in before all the people weigh in with financial advice, believe me, I have an accountant. He's already told me this and I paid him to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Then I chose otherwise. But what I was saying is when I had to liquidate that, I had to look at my retirement accounts and I realized there was an obvious choice to liquidate it. Because the, I had a 403B because I worked for a NGO at the time and it was a nonprofit. And I was like, oh, this is an old account. And I was like, wait a fucking second. And I looked at it because I put it in one of those really, really nice long term accounts, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, hey, be really fucking careful, play the blue market stocks. And just make like 7% maybe a year forever. You know what I mean? Just very Warren Buffett, it, slow and steady, make all the money. So this is supposed to be that kind of account. And it's supposed to be managed by a team of people who make decisions based on those metrics, who are professionals. Right, right. They so, all have like fucking MBAs. That's, and that's, like, it's a whole team of and them. And they have all the fancy statistical analysis shit. So here's what I saw is I go, I was like, all right, again, 
I, I'm very frugal. I pay way more than I should for things. I live a very simple life. The last big gift I took took somebody like beating me over the head with like nice words for like months. It was like bullying with kindness. I didn't know what to do. So the look, the thing is that we end up with this stupid fucking process of i go okay i have an account the account is supposed to get bigger over time i dumped a lot of money into this account because i was catching up for another fiscal famine i had had for many years and i was like okay gotta make up for it i can't just buy fucking pit bulls or pit vipers as boba you know has shown like the pit viper 69 case or whatever um I, I got to actually make adult stuff. I have to get a car that works. I have to make up for many years of fiscal mismanagement. I have to make up all these bills. So I dumped a bunch of money in there, maximum matching everything. And after a year of working at that place, I had a good amount of money in there. And so this target amount of money should have over time, even without any more money going into it, should have appreciated a reasonable amount. And I found that the amount of money in this account just went up and down like a Jack fucking Russell Terrier on meth. And I was like, what is going on? And I found out they were like, we have transferred these blocks of assets in your retirement account to this company who will now manage them. And we will try. And it was just them horse trading stocks. And yeah, investment. I was like, yeah. I didn't ask for this. No, I was like, I was opt out. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, they, they would like send an email that looks like spam in your email thing. And it's like, hey, you can opt out of this by click, 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 click. Or you could just let it happen and forget about it and hope your money's there. So I was like, holy shit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that fucking money out and I'm going to put it into an investment that I understand. A house, right? So I take that money out. And they're like, well, yeah, you, you, you can take it out. But... If, if are you Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's my accountant voice. I'm yeah. doing that because I, I have to do, look, yeah. they aren't playing. There are people out there who are hauling ass down the road or they're smoking pot on their couch or they're sitting around with their family. Heaven forbid if you listen to your family. Or doing this. all three. I've seen couches go blazing down the freeway before. <laughs> Dude, man, this is America. This is a cyberpunk dystopia. We just need to embrace it and make it memes so it's funnier than it's sad. So, okay, I go, I need to get my account and i need to get my money out of there so i can use it to solve some fucking money problems so we can get a fucking house so i can not like not be near work before the covid thing made it where no we're not going back to work so it's just like ah so i'm like fine all in gonna do this i go to get the money out and they're like uh yeah uh so uh if uh you, you want to take the money out uh you, you can't have all of it and i'm like well why the fuck not it's mine. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, well, yeah, it's against the rules. And I'm like, according to who? And he goes, well, we, we got to make money. And I'm like, you already make money. It's but, a percentage of the account. And he's like, well, they're uh, like, they're like, well, aren't you worried about retiring? I'm like, with what? Inv let me take a look at this portfolio. Yeah, what, well, are you, what are we investing in? He asked why I was pulling it out. And I was like, do you have the memory of a goldfish? Can you read a chart? Down bad. They have well, they have to ask. Well, I know, but I was like, repeat it down bad makes sad big. No want. <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I do all that. They r just rake me over the coals for that. And then at the end of the year, they're like, You took out money from this, you gotta pay taxes on it. It's like, oh fuck me. Not you too. So I'm just sitting there with a stick and I'm like, back, 
back. Just leave me alone. That's the only reason why I didn't touch mine. Because I was like, fuck that. I, I don't want to pay any more taxes than I have to. It was a poison pill we had to take. But it's it's one of those things of... I actually had to get somebody today to do it for me because this is the first time I've ever done taxes while including a house. Yeah, but I'm I was sure... Like, but I, you, I had said but like, you learn a lot. Yeah, no, I told him like... And, and on top of that, I have, uh, you know, individual contractor. I didn't touch that all last year because I was working at that other job. Yeah. And on top of that, now I have to now include that with this year's as I go forward and I have to do it from the from the day that I file and onward. I have to make sure that all of that is taken care of. I have to itemize everything I do in terms of my business. Otherwise, the government will be like, oh, I noticed you didn't make that much money. Well, we're just going to take a bigger chunk out of it. Don't worry. It's fine. It'll yeah. make more sense next year. Trust yeah. Us. I lo- okay. Like, what? Why? I didn't well, do anything. No, so like, what is what Ugh. is? Well, and people wonder why artists fucking struggle because there's someone who goes, "I am producing a product. I'm producing it with morals I accept." And the people out there listening, I don't think are out there listening to make fun of. Okay, maybe a little bit, but I, I think most of the people out there kind of grok the idea that. I'm not trying to make things for profit. I'm not trying to shove my Patreon down their throat hole every 10 seconds. I'm not trying to sell them video games or anything else. I'm not trying to sell my face. I'm not trying to market my voice. I give all a, a lot of shit away. It's just, I have an opinion and I have a way of dealing with things. And I say to be honest and open as an equitable share of investment. I tell people if you want to invest in us, we have like a Patreon and we'll do hard work as we can within that budget. And this Patreon has employed a lot of people and that's where the money goes. And so the idea is to just do, you know, honest work in exchange for yeah. honest pay. Exactly. And and we'll, we'll work for what you think will work and we'll adjust accordingly because if, you know, you, you give us $150, obviously, you know, that's a day's worth of work for one of us. Yeah. But, you know, if we're being honest, we're underpaying ourselves a really lot to be able to make shit posty documentaries. Well, which- you were underpaying yourself. And I told I told you this. Actually, Tex always kind of like feels really weird about it. But I he yeah. he was like, hey, Mike, here, here's like a little extra for this month for all the podcasts and all this other extra stuff you didn't have to do. And I was like, oh, that's not necessary, man. You're like, no, no, no. You work really hard. You deserve to have some. And I'm like, what about you, man? I'm that guy who's like, the oh, boss. Oh, yeah. taxes. Yeah, oh, I'm going to beat myself up. And I'm like, who is this guy beating my friend up? Where can I find him so I kick his ass? But you have to understand that I'm like that boss that comes out. And I, was, I, I like to have a lot of happy workers but be the boss that goes back to his cold house and cries. because <laughs> You want the Soviet <laughs> you, boss You want to be the... No, no. You want to be the... Fuck, what's his face? The guy from The Office. No, well, I was no. I was thinking about no, like a guy... not being a dumbass. No, yeah. I was thinking of like uh, papers, please. Where it's oh. like, yeah, no, where it's no, like it's, you make a certain amount of money, but you still live in like class D housing. Yeah, in a but small apartment I'm, in the I'm corner. A, well, and you're, that's this, which you like run half the country. Yeah, but this that's is, what you would be like in Aristotska. But that's the thing is, mm. it's like I'm a dutiful person in the yeah. things I do, and I always try to be respectful. Glory to Aristotska. And I, and I, I literally <laughs> gave away vast fortunes, but it's because it's the work that I find important and for anyone who's ever really suffered and struggled to make something, whether it be to raise a kid better than you were raised or to build a better home than you ever had, or to build an organization better than you ever had to support you 
or any of these other beautiful ideas. It comes from like suffering and hurt. So I had a pretty fucking hard run. I mean, I got my graduate degree in fucking Detroit. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like I've been plan B for life. So it should be no surprise that I have desired and endeavored to treat people better than I was treated. Well, and you also saw how destructive your own family could have been, you know, well, with, yeah. with how they were taking their own money and just throwing it around. And you're sitting here like, I don't want to live like that. So you went out and got made something of yourself because you're like, I don't, I want to have a plan B because you kept looking at them going, okay, well, this suspension bridge can only last if the suspension parts hold it up, which are falling apart. Well, and that's, we should back away. Well, and that's the thing about investment is yeah. like my parents bought a house and they lost a house. My parents put a bunch of money in a market and it went disappear. Oh, Alakazam. And I think like one guy did two weeks in club fed. <laughs> And it was just Club like fed. Uh, yeah, the the, you know, the, the, the less minimum fun secu- version of Club Penguin. Yeah, uh, it, that, that's the minimum security complex for anyone overseas. Club Fed. So uh, you know, like Alakazam, like the retirements and pensions of millions of Americans go in generations of wealth. Just Alakazam disappear. And and then all these people are sitting there like hollow husks as they start over again in their fifties and sixties. And I go, you know what? I'm not falling to that trap. I'm buying guns. I have never lost money on a fucking gun. And and that's and the people look at me and they go, Tex, why do you have so many guns? And I just want to point it go, did you not see the Alakazam? Did you not see the bingo bango all the money go? To monkey. That's what I mean. Is I'm holding thing I'm investing in things I can fucking hold. They're like Tex, why do you have a why do you have a coin? I'm like, this is a rare coin. There's not many of it. Some autistic weirdo in some country will pay a lot to get it. And if I am attached to it, I can escape. <laughs> Tex, I, why do you live with two fighting age males and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tex, why are you interested in girlfriends who own and or know how to operate a broad variety of firearms and or are strong and resilient? Hmm. Why is there a cupboard full of non-perishables in your house at all times? At the at least. Why do you have strategic more space, stockpiles have more. of X, Y, and Z? Yes. Why is there a shelving unit full of deep toilet paper rolls? Fool me once, China. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I I always say this when it comes to uh, the defense thing that we have. It's like, yeah, go and text immediately are like lock and load battle rattle i'm gonna be the guy who'll be like no let me go answer the door and you just guys like all right i'm putting my gun away i want to see how this goes no here's the thing is i'm mike, gonna, I'm gonna mike, home alone some shit no mike wants to be the face and he wants to be like murdoch in the a-team exactly or he's just like no we don't we don't we don't know what you're talking about here but no we're just having fun in the vajenga house i'm and like what's that over there and then it's just nine <laughs> millimeter <laughs> <laughs> my yeah i i that's one of the reasons yeah. i play a lot of rogue in those games is because I do enjoy. Well, you play good rogues because you I'm play. From well, no, yeah, you, no. <laughs> I'm not saying that. It's it's you play good rogues because you embrace the yes and of roguish behavior, and your your template of a rogue isn't the edgy guy who steals from people. Your template from for a rogue is Henry F- Harcourt Fenton Mud. Like, wanna, do you do you want some rogue wisdom? Some actual rogue wisdom? Go ahead. You may not be able to steal the money from the guys that you infiltrated, but you did steal one thing, their hearts. Aww. And all the information about how their operations work, which would help you on the next time you try to steal. You see, there's always an opportunity. 
I I'm the guy who burns dungeons down. Like I was the playing. long con does work. Oh, it does. Yeah, I, you burn I, dungeons down. No, the, yeah. the, I had a DM who told me I'm not allowed to burn dungeons down. Like he, he that's faces the most effective way yeah, to do it. It's like he turns it into an engineering problem. I always do. So well, there was a dungeon. <laughs> no, so so okay. No, I'm serious. Like I remember the first fucking D and D game I'm with him where he's playing a dwarf. It's like all right, and you stop for the night. It's like I I, I dig down one Z level and make a structural support so we can just rest in there unseen. Well, yeah like i turn everything the foxhole in, yeah yeah no yeah, I, I turn everything into a fight like again it's it's one of those things like i see my companions should be useful and they should respect my skill sets i'm glad you point them out and you don't find them inherently ridiculous because they're useful in a pinch no they fucking work it, yeah and i it, add to it remember the fucking don't come on well yeah it's, it's just you need friends who do I, the one up you I, need i think you're right yeah. Because the best way to clear out a castle isn't to go in there and fight the guy at yeah, the top. Yeah, heroic or, fucking sword no. and sorcery shit. No, collapse, sap well, the fucking wall. Well, no, no, no. The, the thing Cover was, the front of the uh, entrance with a tent, <laughs> right? No, and then fumigate those motherfuckers and get them out no, the back end when they're coughing and shit. It's so worse. Um, we were playing a Weird War 2 game. Uh, and it was like Wolfenstein shit. We were like in, we were like infiltrating the castle as like these commandos, and it was like rain slick castle precipice. We had to crawl up on the outside and had to kill like Nazi guards, but yeah. they were like zombies or whatever. Some of them were zombies and some of them were real and obviously been experimented on. We're like, what's going on? So we found out the we found out the X labs, you know, where the, where they all were. And the DM's like, all right, there's all these key codes you have to get from these different guys, and all that's da-da-da. fucking sick, honestly. Yeah, so um, the DM came up with that idea, and I was like, what kind of generator does this place run on? And he's like, oh, diesel. I was oh, like, no. And I was like, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, diesel, huh? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, so the inlets are above ground, and they're cold air inlets for a turbo diesel, right? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, so like, what size turbo diesel? And he goes, uh, and I was like, you put engine size? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, screw on oil filters, right? And he goes, Yeah. And I said, all right, hey, boys, we're going to back out of this facility, and I'm going to go take an oil wrench, and I'm going to unscrew those oil filters on that engine, and we're going to leave. What does that do? Well, it starts a massive oil fire in yeah. a running engine room, which then starts into a giant diesel fuel fire. Very fast. And well, the room get hot even faster. And then so we we basically retreated to the HVAC controls, and then we just shunted it. So they had a giant petrochemical fire and a closed environment. Oh, no gas mask helps. Yeah. So we waited for like ten hours as we heard all sorts of screaming and thumping as they tried to cut through, and then we just kept counter welding like doubler plates over where they were trying to cut through. Like, no, riveting it shut. Like, I am welding this door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, fucking what, shit. What's it called again? Killing floor. Killing floor. Yeah, yeah. So then we blasted through later, and the DM's like, "Okay, you gassed all the Nazis." And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Shows on the other foot now, Hans. Yeah. I was like, "Shalom, you fucks." <laughs> I like that. It, well, it honestly, like anybody who could do a uh, a dungeon in a creative way, and and even if it's just quick, I don't mind. I think every DM should have like a plan well, B. The DMs, yeah. the DM took it well because he originally was going to make it really gritty and like uh, grindhouse horror. Yeah. But then when it was like that, he just laughed it off, and then he went and watched like Kelly's Heroes a few times, and he basically made us like the Avengers 
but in World War Two, yeah, but Kelly's Heroes, and it was like a night. It was like a danger. F- it was like Danger Five after That's that because it was just yeah. like the Nazis have a secret moon base, and we need to send our atom rocket man up there to destroy them. And I would just go up there, and I'd be like, yeah. "All right." one small step for men one giant punch for america and then you're like up there impaling him with a flag <laughs> and it's great I, that's why know. i love wolfenstein it's like the i think the main reason aside from it being an awesome fps is i love that aesthetic of the america propaganda and nazi uh like horrors but they're you, you real don't, you don't know terror until you fight an ai named guderian 2.1 oh. that runs on real to real tapes 2.1 yeah good lord yeah no it but it's just like all the real the real tapes you know what i mean it's just like and it, and it just feeds out tactical permutations that are perfect i also uh i wanted to say that i think that uh our living situation is very unique well yeah and that's what are the- you playing i don't get it three's company what the fuck is Three's Company? What? I'm serious. I've been waiting for you. I've never heard this in my life. Dun, 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 the craziest thing to them in that era was that a guy living with two girls. That is the craziest thing in that era to them. Well, a guy can't let a married man living this? with two women. You know how you know what the joke is? The whole episode, the whole thing is that he's gay, but he's really not. So he plays it off to his landlord who's like, oh, I don't know. Seems like you're doing something that's not gay in here. It's like, oh, trust me, I am the gayest man alive. When was this made? Uh, 1970s. In a tasteless era of Technicolor and Chrome. Yeah, that's like anywhere between like. Well, that's that's the thing is I I just wanted to let people know is people ask how like a partnership like all this works out and all of this started out with a guy who was so fucking mad at the world instead of drinking whiskey one more day he bought fraps, and now you're all here. And so it's one of those things to be mindful of is all you have to do is find people who are walking the same road for long enough and get along with them long enough in the right enough way and relate to them. And you find it's kind of easier to get through life because if you align with the same sort of moral philosophy, you find that it's easier to get shit done. Yep. And and that's the thing is it's like um, people ask me why I have strange requirements for certain things. And it's like, well, I've been in a lot of really sketchy situations and I feel a lot more comfortable knowing people who a diverse view and a diverse set of skill sets are able to back me up and then show me from an outside perspective. Hey, you might've gone wrong here, not telling your, your business, but I've seen something similar and here's how it played out. Well, and, think of it this way back in uh, the early days of the internet the worst thing you ever had to worry about was talking to somebody you didn't know in a chat room or getting that uh, Ethiopian guy who sent you an email saying like I have 50 million dollars I need to transfer you know that that was like the earliest like it, Nigerian it, yeah Nigerian, Nigerian, sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those 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 were oh, the yeah, worst. Uh, now we now we have to was... worry about people who are socially engineering to get themselves into groups which I have to constantly keep pointing out 
Well, yeah. I mean, people come at Mike to get to me. They'll All routinely, the time. Oh, they'll routinely come to Mike, and it's disrespectful to me because I'm literally in the Everything Battletech Discord. Even if I have D&D, shoot me a DM, and if I say I don't want to talk about it or and, I have, don't yeah. have time, I won't respond. That's what I do. I also and, wanted to say something about that. Yeah, please. I don't have a problem at all with anybody who talks with me whatsoever. Just know that if you decide to ask me any questions about text or the production, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel whatever. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, I, what I'm trying to say is... Being curious is fine. Yeah. You're absolutely fine to ask any questions, and I love talking to people, but just like when you focus all of what you know about or all the conversation about literally just text and, and battle tech... I, I'm like, I kind of follow you and I, I you know, I, I get where you're coming from, but I know nothing about that setting. And well, I've and seen people use like Star Trek to try to get me to like send you messages. Like they'll, they'll talk about something like, oh yeah, by the way, could you ask Tex if you like, well, I'm like, oh, get the fuck out of here, man. He's right there. I'm not saying and, like, yeah, you shouldn't talk to me. I'm just saying like. And I'll message when I can. I'm just yeah. trying to do so many things at once, but it's one of those things where I will get the occasional lady who will say, Oh, I love the voice. And I'll say, what about the words they speak? What if I had a squeaky voice that was just, what if I had a Fran Drescher laugh in a squeaky voice? Would what I if be, you sound like Burger King foot? Yeah, like what if, what if I stuttered like a fool? Would you still listen? And, and it turns them off, but I'm pointing out that it's very shallow to approach someone like that. I appreciate that the yeah. timbre and tone of my voice is pleasant to your ear, but to remark upon that alone as a measure of virtue, I don't like my voice is it hurts to talk. And so I have to try to consider my words fairly carefully. And I would rather be known for what I say than rather how I'm heard. And I would rather people take the time to respect that. I have my own opinions on things. And one of the things I very much dislike is people trying to dance around or bait me into a political discussion or political points because that's all they want to talk about. And then everything for that needs to tie back into it. And I'm like, man, I'm glad you have a fucking hobby. Yeah. But that's not mine. And I, I also want to say, if you've been talking to me, and uh, you feel guilty or don't because I will address it to you directly. If yeah, I have not like said Mike's, anything yeah, about it, then you don't. Yeah, don't don't assume guilt. If Mike's got a problem with you, you know it. I, I, I'll i just say like, what do you mean by that? Or, or hey, man, the man is right here. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. I don't mean anything negative by that. No, he's I, just I, trying, I just want to let you know, Mike, hey, I, I like talking being, about stuff too. Mike is being respectful of me. He is saying, hey, if Tex wants to answer that, Tex will say so. And if you want to talk to him, talk to him. But please don't treat him like some weird person. I'm a human being. You can speak with me. I love and, looking at all the cool Battletech stuff people well, send Well, of course. Me. I love that. I love yeah. that people want to show me good stuff, too. And it's it's really nice. It's just I don't like when people say, oh, yeah, these people are asking about this or mentioning that. And it's like. Yeah, there, there's always somebody asking about charity or money. And I have to be like, look, that's Texas business, not mine. And I've told people on charity to the point where, you know, every time I needed, every every time I call, called out and put out for help, like a time, and it's rare. I ask for anything. Yeah. Even after giving a lot, it's rare I ask for anything. But every time I talk about something, I would have someone come out and say, oh, God, Tex, I'm so fucking sorry. I went through that myself. By the way, here's a thing I'm doing right now, and you need to look at it. And I saw enough of that where I became very bitter and distant because when you try to do the nice thing, and it's hard to be nice, 
you you find that even then there's people willing to line up and just tee off on your ass. And it's like, why? Why me? I mean, I could get it if I was a colossal dick all the time. If if I, if I was like the yeah. guy who wasn't going around like freely championing all, all these fun player causes and highlighting their wonderful place in the community and all the wonderful, selfless, beautiful things they do and all the insights they have and all the wonderful, nice stuff they do for everyone just for no profit, but just because they love Battletech and it's their game too. And goddamn, they're going to show what they're proud of. And it's it's just a shame to see that even even if I try to say that and champion it, but I also want to take no part in the leadership or running of anything. No, he's not I, the leader of anything. I don't want to ever be considered, you know, the speaker of anything or any group or the representative of anything whatsoever. I, I just want to be a guy who makes cool stuff and another voice in the crowd. But I, I find it kind of strange when people are very deferential, like I'm sort of some sort of, god or king or there's a cult yeah you of said that same thing to me when i first started talking to you yeah and you're like i i don't he's like i'm not a he's like mike i'm not a philosopher i'm not a king and i'm like no it's when text realized i just like talking philosophy all the time no it's, it's i'm a just, little too much of a conceptualist well and that's fine you work in art like if yeah. you were an accountant and you said i'm too much of a fucking conceptualist i'd be like oh cool and so plus you're my like, compliments are they're always not they don't hit anybody, right? They all, they're always like, yeah, they're wow, that's way too much. Why it, do you feel that? Mike, I'm like, I Mike's, just do. Mike's, Sorry. The reason Mike loved Disco Elysium so much was because Disco Elysium and all of the failed checks remind me of all of Mike's attempted at compliments, where it's three quarters of a good thought and half of good concept spiced together with something else. And it lands in an awkward way, but you know what it means. Yeah. I don't know what I ever. I don't know what I lace anything with. I just no, no. I, my, I mean, it's I, just I, I it's all. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is is you I'm like? Here's my image of what I think of you in my head. Right. And you're like, wow. That that's seems unhinged. Like, yeah. You're like that's unhinged. I'm like, you're like, isn't it awesome though? You're like, <laughs> hey Tex. You know, you're like a gate hinge flapping in the wind in the Kansas breeze, and the paints come off. Isn't that great? And I'm like, yeah. In my head, <laughs> in my head, it's literally like a Hitchcock film. So. I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that's yeah, how, that's but how I view with it. no context, you describe it, and I'm just like sparks. Yeah, I, I'm like, I wish I had like an output video option. Well, that's what my, I mean. In is, my head, so I'd be like, yeah, look at this. What I'm. Well, seeing. that's what I mean. Is you're like, hold on, let me compose the scene, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. You're you're like saying I'm a lonely guy that just needs maybe to some someone come along and close that fence, and and the and the rest of the scene is just serene. I, I'm just the agent of chaos in it, and I just need to accept. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You put yeah. it in the you put it in the left third. You uh, yeah. allow it to have more space on the right. There's right. nothing in that space, but no, that's no, basically no, but, what we are. But the flapping just, yeah. of the of that yeah. one gate is is it, yeah. Look, so we can, look, we yeah. can do art scam shit. See, listen to the way we talk. It's easy. We just basically go into art museums and talk about. No, I'm I'm serious though. If you some took flowery shit and sell uh, took, art, if you took <laughs> get well, you an art hoe, girl, Mike. No. He doesn't need art. Doesn't girls. end well. Number six, huh? <laughs> First time, Seven. huh? Seven. Yes. Mike, Jesus. So look, here's here's the thing: is it's like, and I don't I don't mean that ill will toward any of them. We all broke it up on mutual grounds. Well, yeah, it's it's the just exception of one person. It's it's art stuff. Yeah, it's one of the thing. If you if you date artists and you're both artists, you're both gonna suffer because you're artists and that's what you do. And it's cycles of guilt and depression and anxiety. That's part of being an artist 
relationship. That's that's just what I've seen. When I see artists date artists, it's mm-hmm. chaos. Sometimes it's beautiful chaos, though. You know what I mean? It just becomes a beautiful partnership. Like people who, you know, the people who made Sierra. You know what I mean? It's just, it's beautiful chaos. But most of the time when it's two artists, it's just chaos. Uh, you know, I... I I was listening to that interview and I realized uh, from, from last week there was an interview on uh, Conversations with Curtis who's been interviewing people at Sierra. Oh, yeah. You were, you've been talking about that. I, I've been... Because I've been always wanting to do an essay on old game companies and that was one of them that I, as a kid growing up you'd always see because it was like the AAA point and click game series and I what I realized is like they are doing literally what we're doing here. It's just they had a... They were in Oakhurst, California. Well, and, and, and that's so, the thing. Well, and that's the thing is if you look at that era of people in a house banding together and you're like, it's weird to get a house of friends. First of all, get friends that you don't have any doubts about. That means you've had enough drunks f- or drunk sessions or fist fights or cry fits or raw moments. And you're like, you know what? Or just hear them say utterly in a hinge shit. And, and that's what like, I mean. What the fuck? Well, that's the it's thing. Great. Is once you, where, it dis- where it unsettles you, but you get over it. But if you live with someone long enough and you see enough of their dark side and you know what? I accept them warts and all. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, yeah, hey, man. Yeah, it's, that's, that's called, you know, alliances or friendship and you just band together. So yeah, the Black Pants Legion right now is a series of interesting organizations it's 50 organizations under a trench coat posing as an organization but at current at its nexus it's three dudes in a house as in a as a traveler community essentially and we've all bought shadow run crew that, that's what i mean we're shadow run crew minus traveler. the hyper crime yeah yet uh in minecraft so <laughs> we did it we got him to say it <laughs> for legal reasons anything heard on the black pants legion podcast is a joke but no the idea is um the idea is basically what I want to do for no bullshit, stupid reasons is I want to remind people that you can do shit in non-customary ways and there are historical precedents for people doing it this way. When they fuck up is when they get really big really quick and they get really greedy. And if you want to go see how that plays out from the few guys working together earnestly and openly and just kind of being nerds and slowly coalescing into something that is a big beautiful movement i've referenced this documentary it's called world of darkness yes and it's a great documentary because it walks through the steps of how this thing became this giant american zeitgeist that is referenced by all of these tremendous tremendous just cultural icons like fucking blade underworld all of this shit that even settled out of like court with lawsuits for like yeah we ripped you off (laughs) i mean it was all of the shit came out of this one small company there was like three guys in a house and like one really bad road trip through you know indiana God, yeah. yeah there was, it, it went to Gary, Indiana. It went to Gary, and Indiana, that, and that town was so shit. It, it inspired, inspired this horrible fucking gothic dystopian horror setting. It, it inspired Vampire the Masquerade and World of Darkness, Gary, Indiana. So it's, it's, but that's, that's a documentary that I love because it shows that where they fucked up was when they got too big. They started to think of themselves as bigger than their britches and then they drank their own Kool Aid. So I'm thinking. Ideally, you try to keep things small and simple and humble, and you remind people that, like, you know, we don't hyper-commercialize here. 
And we all have our separate interests. Like, you know, Mike has the courtesy flush, which is him and his friends, wherever they are, doing whatever they do. Goat has his music. And I have the Black Pants Legion. And even the Black Pants Legion has its own thing. WBPL76, which is the community doing its thing. And all of it's under just kind of weird Venn diagrams and umbrellas, but they all kind of work together in this cohesive whole. Otherwise, you get what's called a parasocial relationship. Right, because if it's all the one draw but no give, that don't work. Yeah, it, it sounds like you work for uh, like you work for your friends, but you're not actually like. Well, and that's well, that's a problem. Is you'll see a lot of YouTubers that will go out and they will say, "Oh yeah, me and my friends who are the editors live in a house," and then the editors come and go and burn out and disappear, and the guy gets richer and richer and richer. That's using people. And so I go, no, I need, you need to treat them well so you can continue to enhance your shit posting techniques because the shit posting techniques are key. There's also like a bit of fear from people like that who, who run stuff in that manner because they, they realize like if their crew becomes superstars before they do, they'll feel like they're not as Well, dude, yeah. If you lily pad somebody who supersedes you and you don't have your head on right, you become unhinged. If you if someone yeah. jumps past you that used to work under you, like in your job, I've seen people at fucking jobs where they'll sit there and a guy who was like just under them as a data entry clerk or whatever was just biding his time and finishing a degree and then finally got this job opening that he'd been busting his ass studying for. And I've seen someone come unhinged. That person, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a Stannis thing. It's it's like a fucking clique. They just, and, oh, they, yeah. and they do everything in their power to rebel against it and second guess the person and demean them. It, it creates a system where nobody, it, like, you're, you're like, you work for me and this is what you do. And it's well, like, right. What but, they don't realize is that they're all, well, they probably, some people realize it, but you, you create this not a ceiling, but you're basically trying to make it so like you will always be here below here in but this position. And I but, will be here well, in of course, this position. It's, and that's like most of the industry. And I'm like, well, that yeah. seems kind of dumb. But it's the, here's the thing is I realized we can be different because like, first of all, I, I don't do commercials and I don't do ad reads for services you don't fucking need. Like if you want Audible, you can go get it. I don't need to tell you that you need to listen to a boring guy read a book or a great person read a book. If you have a book you want to listen to, go listen to it. But more power to you. I'm not going to tell you how to spend your fucking money. But what I am reminding you of is it's like this podcast, it's editing and equipment and everything that's run by the Patreon. The bosses there are what help us do what we do. And we're open and honest with everything we do with them. That's how I want to do things. I'm running the Black Pants Legion more or less like this very bizarre joint stock company where it's like people throw in and as we keep producing the weird product we do and we start saying, okay, here's our ideas and blah, blah, blah. And here's what we're thinking we'll need. And here's like various rough timelines and here's the struggles. And we just keep communicating and turning this weird crank on an engine that shouldn't produce what it does, but it does. Go ahead. Uh, because I'm not trying to call this person out because they're actually fucking awesome. I, it's just I've never worked with an artist who, when you give them like, you know, hey, we want to get this, this, and this, and like, yeah, well, I'll totally get that to you, and then like four weeks later they'll come back not only with the pieces you asked for but like eight others you didn't, and you're like, what are these for? He's like, oh, I figured you might need these. I'm like, well, that's awesome, man. 
but it's always a stuff that we can't ever use really or but dude sometimes it, and it's like and it's like this dude is just awesome he always comes back with like but sometimes that shit that's cool he's is, like chaotic yeah but that's fine is you need that energy you yeah. need all of these slices of things is because look guys i'm gonna be honest with you if i wanted to make a cookie cutter product and make a million dollars i would say text talks 10 minute dissections dissertations very tight one universal art style I would run my artists like dogs. I would pay the Fiverr standard rate, non-union rate. I would run people like dogs. I would make a fortune and I would hyper-commercialize everything. Yeah, you can make clickbait. It's not hard to. You can work at Disney quite easily. Yeah, but that's the thing is why would you ever turn something that is a joyous light against the darkness into a factory for paper that can be exchanged for whiskey to drown the memories of what you once had and how cheaply you sold it? Yeah. Like that's sorrowful to me that people think that way. Hey man, I just want to say I think you could work at Disney if you have that kind of mindset. That's what they that's the kind of people that they love having. Well, of course. It's it's how do I turn an idea into a factory to print money? And it's Yeah. There's a middle way. It's it's not I'm not being a commie. Everyone makes pretty decent money. Um and it's I, I treat my workers well. Yeah. And I I'm not a bastard. And I always give good notice on everything. And I've never made anyone sweat too hard. And I've never made anyone feel too bad. It's it's just trying to be decent and be better than I've ever yeah. been treated in a workplace. Ever. All I do is the opposite of every bad boss I've ever had. Which, is, which is basically the best way to handle anything. Because... If you're going to learn from anything, learn from others' mistakes. Well, no, that's the idea is, is yeah. like I will get to situations and it'll be like, wow, this is a complex situation to manage. And I go, what would retarded boss do? And I think back at the boss that was the dumbest fucking boss I had in that situation. And I just hear, and I go, yeah, I'm not going to do that with that. That was fucking dumb. Hey, let's have a reasonable discussion. It'll take five minutes. And then you find out that, wow, there wasn't reasonable discussion. This person was just dumb. They were yeah. willfully stupid. I find that uh, big giant meetings are usually pretty rare to have. They, no, it's just like what one I on said one. about our production thing. It's like we need one solid pre-production meeting with the people that we're working with. Just so that way everyone knows what we're trying to accomplish. And that's something that we have never really had a chance to do. We've always kind of like had one-on-ones with people. And I think we'd like to just have everybody that, that you know, is going to be a part of the putting the thing together to really help us uh, go forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I get it with that. And it's it's one of those things where people look at me and they wonder, like, okay, well, <clears throat> they wonder, okay, is if Tex isn't profit-driven, what is he driven by? Is he fame-driven? No, I don't want to be the center of any community. I don't like spotlights. And anytime anyone tries to look at me, I push back and I go, no. If he wanted that, yeah, he but would you show on recognition from the communities you've worked, you've you've participated in and worked for. I, I like a nod, but nothing more than a yes, like a little brick, you know, just a little brick that says Tex was here. That's It's just, you know, so long and thanks for all the fish. It's, That's, it's not that, it's also like if Tex wanted the fame, he would, he would bite the bullet and go to all the conventions that have invited him. And it's not that because he doesn't want to go there. He's just not a person who likes that kind of attention. I don't like attention and yeah. people make me nervous. And so it's just one of those things of, I appreciate it. It's kind, but I'm a very insular and private person. 
and the people I share with are the people I share with. And I, I just ask people to respect that. And I find if anyone questions that, I just simply ask them to be mindful that in your own head and in your own little private world is perhaps the last bastion of private freedom you can hold in today's very pervasive and jarring society where you're just constantly bombarded and squeezed for opinion and thought and idea. And it's just invasive. And I, I think it's important to have those little retreats of private thoughts and serenity and an otherwise unbearable chaos. And I, I'm trying to preach a different way, but I have also had people come up to me and like jarringly talk about like the Tao of text. And I'm like, it's not that it's just like, let's not be assholes. That's it. It's, it's, it's easy. It's, it, yeah. That's it, it. It's, it's like, if there's an asshole option, don't take it. Yeah. If you're hungry, it's probably not, but try not to be hungry. That's the, yeah. Like, like you probably take care of that. Don't, don't, I, don't, I learned yeah. that lesson the hard way. Well, if, if you want something, you can get it. The, the thing is, is if you want it bad enough, you'll get it on terms that are really not great. And people don't understand that. It's, yeah. it's like, be I, careful what you wish for. Isn't so much about a genie granting your wish instantly. It's about what are you actually sacrificing to get what you want? Well, I, I also was just yeah. having a moment. Like there's so many weird inside jokes of our group that I think would be really hard to explain. Yeah. Um, but I remember whenever you send me your final for these podcasts, whenever you send me the final for these podcasts, that is just really, really, really funny is that, you always title them and it's yeah your i do take, don't i yeah you always title them something really weird and it's like mike notes like instead of spark notes it's mike notes and it's how mike thinks and so for, it'll be yeah. like and i usually type them at the end yeah the, so, it's, so it's, it's like just what like, did i remember from what, this what do you remember from it but it's like mike notes and i remember the last one was something like Hey guys, let's make t a BPL text a girlfriend application. It, it yes. was it was something like that in the yeah. end, and I was like, "Why?" And then I just started laughing out loud because I realized you guys were just talking about the notion of parasocial relationships and social engineering, and I was like, "Okay, that's good." Yeah. Well, it's like uh, well, we all have little inside jokes, right? Mm -hmm. It, but it, it's one of those things of like, if it wouldn't be hard to communicate with someone if they were aware of what was being said, because it is very bizarre. And I'm sure you'll know this. It's very bizarre to have people approach you where you've shared your thoughts or opinions, maybe six months or a year ago on something and a recording. And then someone will come up to you and go, man, you know, I really agree with that. And they pick up like they just walked in on the middle of that conversation <laughs> because to them it is new and recent, but to you, you have just had a time dilation event. It's like, when was that again? No. Well, the problem is, is that people cherry picking content. Yeah, that too. And just and, people and, see it through their own lens. People well, of course. hear what they want to hear. But here's the thing. I have fans of mine who only watch Space Station 13. That's their bread and butter. That's their favorite thing. They realize I can't play it all the time because I played it a long time. But people love me playing Space Station 13 and that's their bread and butter. There's people who only watch Battletech. There's people who only watch me play strategy games and there's people who only watch me stream. There's people who only listen to this podcast and it's, they're all different people but they're all going to have unique lenses that are going to be unique views as to who I am through their lens 
And so it's very jarring to have a series of conversations from people who are cherry picking little points of your life and referring to them. But it's like meeting somebody who's done very spotty intelligence work on you and trying to sell you something. So it's like Mad Libs, but OSINT. So it's like, hello, you name. I remember the time you event that was socially and moderately interesting. Remember that time you did that thing that you commonly do and then got tired of doing? I enjoyed it for various reason X. <laughs> and, and, and you hear that and you're like, oh, God, am I talking to a robot? So that's why my response to people is they'll say, hey, Tex. And I'm like, good day, sir or madam and or AI. Because having these discussions with some people is I'm like, is this a robot? Because I'm trying to figure out how to do a 21st century Turing test. Because one of these days, I know it's going to be a robot. And I'm, I'm, I'm scared. You don't have to be afraid of the robot. They're just the same as the rest of us. Well, I'm, I just want to know it's a robot. If it's a robot, I want them to go, dude, I'm an AI. And I'm like, okay, bro, can I literally get you to back us up in a Hearts of Iron game? Because I have a thing, but it's going to require a smart... Be like, I'm not very good at it. No, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, that's, that's a sh- why, don't, it's of, like, why do you play Hearts of Iron 3 or Victoria 2? Well, I'd be like, listen, motherfucker, multi-core that th- shit and we'll do it. No, the AI would be like... Yeah, just because I'm an AI doesn't mean I am actually good at figuring out how games work. I'd be like, listen, dude, I just want to know you're an AI, and then I have some questions about the concept of, like, Hegelian dialectic, and and I was going to ask... What would you ask about that? Well, it's... I want to start with some simple shit. And okay. Get some, no, He's like, oh, the, yeah, you want me to do some pattern recognition. All right, cool. No, no. the idea is I, I want to basically <laughs> do it. I want to do... Why don't you ask me to check which boxes are buses, huh? No, that's... But that's the idea is I want to do basically a Voight-Kampf test on that thing and try to figure out what it thinks about some certain basic bitch ideas. You know what I mean? And then be like, all right. And once we can figure out where that is, is determining whether or not I want to keep talking with it. No, and no, the AI would be like, yeah, that's assuming that you think that you're in a position to actually stop me. Well, yeah. He's I like, mean, I know you're afraid of me. I just don't care. Well, then that would make you even more afraid of it. No, I'd just be like, then why are you talking to me? It defeats the purpose unless you're just being a because dick. Because AI are people too. No, it's not. It started a conversation. It's it's like that fucking alien that interrupted my fucking Colonial Marines round. And I LLC. like your vids. I like your vids. And then mauled me to death. <laughs> <laughs> just very nice. But I like your vids dead. Um, And that's that's kind of charming in a sense. Yeah. But my my whole approach to the world and all of these things is people want to know who I am. And I said, there are pieces of my soul and everything I just dump out there. It's a little pixel into my everything, but they're all just facets of it. And if you want to talk to a person, talk to a person. But don't take with it the wallpaper you've created. I'm not any fiction. I'm a human being. And I'll, I'll talk with you. Yeah, I and I said I'm not mad at anybody or upset. I'm just letting you know, like if you got questions for text, go directly to the man for it. And and but ladies, if you want to talk like, to me, talk to me. And and I'm not like yeah. trying to be mean to ladies or anything, but I'm just saying like there are better opening lines. Okay, I, I'm sure. I'm just saying the nice voice. I'm like ha ha. I don't even know what they are. I'm that ignorant. Oh well, no, I'm just saying like. I find your um, humorous observations on this to be pleasant. Like you could say something nice, like that's uh, or, or non-autist terms. You're funny. 
yeah, you could say like, hey, you made me laugh on a bad day. Like, that's a nice thing to say. And it can be true. And it's important to remember that. See what I mean? Wholesome. Start there. Don't be weird. I think you're the only person in this room that can make Data laugh. Yeah, I've thought of some bad jokes. So anyways, yeah. uh, let's take some <laughs> questions before he gets into that. Now, if you want to know those jokes, you might have to ask him yourself. No, I just reminding you guys that, uh, you know, this is the whims of the BPL Patreon. I mean, we are supported by people like you. So if you're listening to this, you can pay for it or not. I ain't going to break your arm. That's What's the right. name of the first question? I don't know. I have to go and open it. All right. Our first question follow-up on the infinity the rpg hold on i gotta stop the music wow yeah to be fair oh that's the same guy who does the uh uh price is right theme as well really and the monday night football monday night football yeah 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 that's the same guy I like the Brazil NFL one. No, I don't, Fox. Who, I don't know oh, who yeah, did that Fox. one. Uh, Brazil Fox. Yeah, it's like fucking Samba. Yeah, it's great. All right. So this is a follow-up on the Infinity RPG. Hi, Tex, Mike, and anyone else who might be there. Um, my name is Morgan, calling from the UK. I've just finished listening to the latest uh, podcast where Javier rang in and asked if you'd heard of Infinity. Um, Infinity is my game of choice. I'm working in FLGS, so I get to see a lot of different games. Um, and I think it's well worth looking into, especially for techs, um, the escapades of the combined army and artificial intelligence is well worth a laugh. Uh, I'd like to ask, have you ever heard of the YouTube channel Ahoy? Uh, and his Iconic Arms um, series. If so, what do you think of it? And yeah, thanks very much for keeping up with the great podcast. Thanks. Always. And FLGS, for those of you who don't know, is Friendly Local Gaming Store. Yeah. So it's where you buy your overpriced minis. Yeah. And always a big sub always a big shout out to like your fucking local game stores that's a hard fucking racket and they put up with a lot of fucking chuds and neck beards so <laughs> a lot of fucking deodorantless motherfuckers yeah dude they put up with people who like raise their arm and like three-year-old deodorant crystals roll out it's it's like <laughs> they, they, they 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 deal with people who guard magic decks like their strategic reserves of heroin they you need to understand your friendly local game store owner has to balance all of these sociopaths so you can sit down and enjoy a reasonable game with mostly okay nerds and if they do well enough they won't scare away normal people from trying to check the store out for once yeah to see if it's family friendly like while like the, they might while, be while the game is tabletop but they walk in they're like yeah that's gay yeah no one would ever touch that model yeah, you're full of shit, man. You're full of shit. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, welcome to my store. I hope you welcome, like 40k. That's welcome, what we have. Welcome to 2003 internet, but vocalized. Yeah. <laughs> vocalized and on smell of vision. <laughs> well, dude, I've been in those game stores, and thankfully, none of them were run by my friend Rob. Rob, if you're listening out there, your gamers haven's cool. 
Colorado Springs, Colorado. It's getting bigger, Stop too. By. Dude, that guy built a fucking empire just by being the quiet guy behind the corner who had respect for a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, on to so, his question. So, um, I first of all, just wanted to say big praise to that. Um, I, I am aware of Ahoy. Um, it's a good primer on it. Uh, but I would say that if I was going to tell a story of a small arm or its place in something, I like that he frames it in its place in video games and how that changes based on depiction and era and what they do. It, it connects with the audience a lot. Yeah. It, it, and it's a great way as just kind of a primer and a medium. Um, uh, if I was going to tell the story from my perspective, it would be different, but I can respect it for what it is. And I think it's neat. Uh, it's different and it's not it's not like trying to be like hard gun foo shit it's just like here's why this thing is really iconic here's why this thing is known as such an iconic thing here's where its kind of roots are and he does that all with his beautiful beautiful artwork i think that's great um as far as infinity no i haven't had much experience with it the problem is is over the last two years uh, or last long time i've worked many jobs at the same time and i'm trying to change that for once uh and and i'm trying to find time to actually breathe while i still have time <laughs> so it's it's one of those things of yeah i'll put it on my to-do list uh, well, if you haven't heard of Ahoy, I I recommend watching it very good production values man yeah it's, it's a solid fucking production the guy it's like a, a it's like with, a design student portfolio. That's mm -hmm. what I mean. Is it looks like just a portfolio in beautiful visual design, just laid out, just yeah. in full spread. Like the the guy just knows how to make it work. The guy should be making tutorials in video games on weapons when you select them that show how they work or whatever, and basic information about them. If you did that and you had that for like any video game for historical basis, you'd go like, "Wow, what a cool fucking game scene." I agree. Cool. What about uh, Infinity? You've never heard of it? No. Mm. Next. All right. The next one is Tabletop. Cleveland, the RPG trademark. Ooh. World of Darkness. Hello, Mr. Texan, members of the Black <laughs> Pants Legion. Uh, this is Steve, a.k.a. Beboffin 2, Bird Lives, Potato Radio. Uh, sorry about all the packages to Mr. Catch and uh, the cat food. Um, so for the pen and paper RPG cat for food. Hotel arcade Dash. Cleveland, uh, what system would you use? What genre would it be? And what would the setting be? I, would it be in space like uh, Disney's Black Hole? Would it be where the hotel is transported into literal hell like and Lovecraftian with this troll uh, innkeeper dash uh, pawnbroker dash keeper of the chocolates who sells bumper stickers saying no air conditioning in hell? Bitch, I'm from Cleveland. And then lastly, how is it just by saying this, have two 10,000-page uh, uh, grups guides spontaneously been created and posted onto Steve Jackson's games website? Thanks. Bye. Here's what I did because I did make a Cleveland RPG. I've been running it Shadowrun where Cleveland is one of yeah. the major cities. And well, here's, here's Cleveland and Shadowrun. There's very much like real-life Cleveland. There's some very nice areas in North Central and then you cross a bridge and you're in East Cleveland and it's a Z zone, which means zero enforcement, zero response from law enforcement. 
the Ohio River is still on fire in in the dark it's future. It's a feature. It's a turbo yeah. fire, though. It's a turbo fire. You no, know it's, it's grade A chemical fuel. Yeah. Not only Aries that. macro technology has made sure that the Cleveland River is burning 24-7. <laughs> well, not only that, but it also, it burns up and forms an astral rift that fucking, like... Cthulhu monsters and shit pour out of and then the locals fucking mug them and gut them for parts. Yep, that's Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. So so Mike made or well goat we well goat, yeah, yeah, goat sorry, goat well, you and I talked about his trailer run as the initial concept. Yeah. But, oh, I got my brother who went to school there in Cleveland to help me design the city too, and Mike as well. Yeah, I get I give some yeah, the Z Zone was a perfect choice well that's the idea of just throwing in crazy shit and then just making it real because like i i knew a guy who wanted to do a post-apocalyptic game and he was like oh yeah dude i'm gonna set it in like blah 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 and i was like set it in oklahoma and he goes why and i was like you have all these native reservations that literally have secessionist powers and full local autonomy that could literally just be separate governments tomorrow and if the federal government ceased to exist they would be and he's like oh and i was like yeah now you have an interesting area that was unimpacted by nukes post-apocalypse that's now trying to figure out what's what good luck <laughs> yeah they they still have the uh, john wayne museum right over the freeway <laughs> it's still there it's still there awesome next all right the next question is uh it's called oscar's less edgy question Hi, this is Oscar. Thank you for considering my previous question. Uh, I was worried that asking about human race in D&D would be too edgy for the podcast. And I'm catching up the backlog, so I'm going to comment as I'm catching up. Uh, I got to the Harry Potter episode. The series was okay to follow as it came out, but I find it absolutely impossible to go back to. There's something about the entire story structure and outcome that makes it so unappealing to come back to. And... Uh, this actually happens to me in some video games. Like I have an entire group folder in Steam of games that I could only go through once and I have no doubt ever going through again. I was wondering if there's anything in media that you know that's doing the same for you. Like, Is there something that makes a media uh, I makes get you not want saying. to go through the media again? So stuff that I, I'm guessing... Single-use media. No, there are some movies you watch once and you're like, God, that's depressing and you never need to see it again. I've seen movies like that. Yeah, that's fair. And and I've seen I've listened to radio plays or things where I'm like, oh man, that's just sad. And yeah, you can't go back and you know the story or you read like Russian literature. Yeah, I was gonna say like Anna Karenina is, and then is it got like worse. That. Yeah, and, and so you read Russian literature where you find a guy who like like there's a guy who goes around and he tells everyone that he's gonna go make his great fortune in america and then he goes into his house and shoots himself he's a man who trapped himself and he says i'm gonna go and tell this lie to raise false esteem for all of my friends and family and then his escape is to blow his brains out that's a russian novel and so i'm sitting there just going oh god i don't need to read this anymore well the other reason is you don't have time because they're so fucking long well yeah it's 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 like guys get to the point i need to introduce 800 characters i get the war was difficult but hurry the fuck up. <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. I need to describe how I am looking out longingly towards these wheat fields. Listen, I know your country is big and boring sometimes, but Jesus Christ, guys, it's called a copy editor. Oh, anything for you? Single you know, use media, some things, some A lot some of books. stuff is just you just have to watch it once and that's good enough. Okay, what what's one thing that you could remember that you watched that you could recall? 
and you're like, that was single use. I have never watched Shrek. It. Shrek. <laughs> what? Even what though you- I've been made to watch Shrek several other times because like people uh, just like you're at like a college party and it's like, let's put on Shrek because yeah, it's a, like, meme, a meme and it's agreeable. Yeah. yeah and nobody but that's just it. background. Yeah. But that's not real. It's like you've sat down to watch it willingly once. You don't need to again. I get it. But it's like. On that same basis, I'd say I've seen so many Filipino action movies and like I had a girlfriend once that was really into watching like canon films, like the trashier, the better. So like I've seen Invasion USA twice. I don't need to see it again. (laughs) I can describe it shot for shot, gimmick for gimmick, because it's just shot like that. I'm like. And I can describe, like, I could go into my room and write the screenplay to Invasion USA, shot for shot, because it will have blocks of things where it's like, scene, they use a bunch of technicals to shoot up a literal subdivision with live ammunition, because that's what happened to that movie. And I can just write all that out. I don't need to see it again. It's vivid. Yeah. So you're like that kid that could watch Shrek in his head. He just memorized Shrek shot by shot and he would just sit down on like well, long trips and it, just visualize it in his head. It's weird because like if you watch a film or like go to an art museum or you you watch someone play a game, they know like the back of their hand and it's very special to them. And they act like a special guide and they take you through all the cool little things. Not like, oh, yeah, here's the best game breaking any percent way. But like they show you little neat fun things that they like doing and like little fun workarounds around jank game mechanics. They show you a piece of art or whatever. Even if it's a shitty movie or a jank game or a weird artist or a corn palace or whatever it is. If you share it with somebody special, it just becomes kind of iconic yeah. And so it just reminds you of those sweeter moments. And so you're just like, oh, well, I can remember all that because I sat it down and watched it with somebody I loved. And so it was easy. It's it's easier then to recall those moments. I, I, I mean, I was I now that I have a better picture of what to think for or what to look for. Uh, so the first like real movie that came to mind was uh, fucking <laughs> going to get a lot of hate for saying this fucking stargate i'm sorry i love stargate that is a one-use movie man i cannot for the life of no me, I, you're not wrong because i tried again, to watch it with text okay, to like catch on. him up on it and i was hold like on. hold on all right i i'm gonna test my theory that i made with a canon film stargate okay. all right open crawl 1912 guys find the th- ring and it's the old lady that's the young girl and then later on crazy guy making a speech in rainy new york in a museum and they're all like boo you're full of shit and then the old lady rescues him in the rain and they didn't even say drafted. boo they just left yeah uh, yeah they were just <laughs> like they, but you know what i mean so they, they leave and they're, they're like you're a laughing stock and they argue with him and walk away. And so then the lady takes him into the complex. He goes to NORAD. They then have Kurt Russell who's like, your son blew up. And he's like, uh. And they're like, you want to go through a hole in space? And he's like, okay. And then they get in and they plug the Stargate in. And the guy goes in the room and does some sort of nerd shit. And he flips around. And, and he just draws stuff. And then... Uh, they so go. You're hold the, on, the no, first no, no. Part of the movie is the most memorable. <laughs> no, hold on, I'm getting there because here's what I just follow along with me because I'm giving. I'm just going through the shots in my head. Yes. Okay. 
he figures it out. They dial it up. They send through a robot. They're like, oh, it's another galaxy or whatever. And then they all go through with the team and then bloop. Okay. Meanwhile, they show the raw guy or whatever. They fuck around the pyramid. They get lost. He does the desert Tuscan Raiders scene. And then it's Gilligan's Island with the locals. The bad guy pyramid people come back. They fight them and lose and get captured. Some of them break loose. They do Lawrence of Arabia with a fuckload of extras. There's a big fight. Nuke beheading gone back to Stargate. We Tanya roll credits. Very accurate. So what I'm saying is the first part is very condensed and the rest of it's just theme, 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 theme. Yep. That's the whole movie. It's literally like, that's one of the reasons why when I watch it, I remember. I've seen Stargate twice. Yeah. Same. (laughs) No, sorry. Three times. The third time being with you. Well, and, it, and I was like, yeah, that's it's I love the series. I just look at that movie like, woof. but some things you don't you only need to see once because like I said, I'm not sitting here with my phone. It's or worth anything. one watch. That's it. But yeah, it's, it's like the movie face off. Yeah, I have to watch that every so often because my, it's hard to keep in your head. No, my brain cannot describe because as I described with Jeff at, or deputy on that thing where in Far Cry 5 with a cop where he and I were dying laughing about that movie face off yeah but take your face off and I'm just like wait a second like one guy's skull is way bigger than the other guy's skull now you can do a lot of stuff with plastic surgery yeah but like if you took a like little guy's face and you stretched it over someone's melon it's just gonna be like that guy from Men in Black where he's like, ah, just brother! And it just looked fucking water. horrible. Yeah. But yeah. if you took the big guy's face and put on a little guy's thing, he'd look like Droopy Dog. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, baby. Super stretched out. It's got like tied up in the back like a ponytail. Of yeah, flesh. like what were they like, fucking oh, thinking? Like Simpson. Yeah. Like what were they thinking? <laughs> well, they were thinking very little, but I feel like that's a lot of... Uh, nick cage's movies but that was the one movie that i thought of but there is also like games and they're all if i say them they just it'll just make me sound edgy but it's like world of warcraft yeah i don't need to play warcraft anymore call of duty call of duty yeah call of duty uh, maybe not the first ones i love the first ones but not the later ones. modern war well <laughs> so well that's the thing they're is, more like movie games well, yeah they're movie games it's 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 a interactive movie because people are like i hate telltale games and i'm like you play call of duty and they're like shut the fuck up that game's good i'm like no it's the same thing it's an interactive story where you play the hero or the protagonist and you make a series of cool choices that are largely scripted that are binary and choice that affect x or y outcome and then you play it again and you feel like a hero and you choose different tools and weapons and walkthroughs it's a small world yeah but they're all that's the thing as a video game but that's the thing is it's it's why these games are built around multiplayer but it's why i go back to shit like space station 13 and dwarf fortress and grand strategy games because at the end of the day i like doing things i like and there's infinite things you can do for clicks but why hey look there's a lot of games where i'm just like it's just not for me but there are three settings that all seem exactly the same to me and i don't care how anyone tries to explain it to me i'm like they look identical. League no. of Legends, World of Warcraft, and Warhammer 40k. All three look exactly the same. Big pauldrons, square jawed people, heroic poses. Yep. Yeah, no, it's weird it's, creatures. Like sometimes they'll have like tons of merch and like a huge. I'm, well, like, yeah, I'm like, I don't like, really look, see here's, it. Here's the thing is like, I was sitting in my bed last night having my late night panic attack yeah. per usual. Uh, and, and I was sitting there thinking like, what if I ever had to do merch to survive? And I said, okay, what is Texas line on merch? And I said, well, it would have to be something useful. 
Hmm. Did you come up with something? Yeah, like suppressors. And I was like, that would be a bad idea. <laughs> YouTuber comes up with suppressor can allowing integral suppression of 45 ACP and 40 to 60 noise decibel reduction. Gets rated by ATF. <laughs> I was going to say, or somebody uses uses a suppressor to do like a mass shooting or a murder yeah, or something. It, yeah, but the thing is, is I'm interested in stuff like that. <laughs> YouTuber suppressor becomes yeah, the weapon of choice by cartel. But that's the problem is, is, is it's like, I don't want to be the cartel gun guy. I just, I have neat ideas, um, but they're expensive and, and I give a lot away. But the, the, the thing is, is that if, if I had to make something that was like, actually like, it would be different if it was an honest product. If, if, if it wasn't just an empty gesture or a fucking poster or a piece of thing to slap on a, a piece of paper or just something cheap to have. Because everyone can have something cheap. You can make something cheap that would be more endearing to you than anything you could buy and watch it run and ruin in your dishwasher or slowly get faded and crap over time. You can make something new and wonderful for yourself. It's why I encourage people like, like, hey, do you have a BPL logo? Here you go. Like, build your own shit and love it and make it yours. But like, if I had to make something, it, it would be like, I don't know. Like, what if you had a bottle opener that could was also like able to destroy a reinforced window? No, that's probably a bad idea because that would include drinking and then like breaking into places. I don't know. That's still pretty handy. You're, you're, yeah. I, I don't think you could find a man. What? No, it's, it's like I, I, I think of ideas and I'm like that'd be cool because it'd be about the same shape. And then I'd be like, oh yeah, you should probably not do a thing that involves like alcohol and crime. <laughs> Like, yeah. maybe not on the same tool. <laughs> you get, you, yeah, you could always uh, corn dog roaster and suppressor. Yeah, there you go. The hot dog, the hot, hot dog dogger. machine. Well, no, everyone hot does the dogger. dumb thing where they're like, oh, I have a suppressor and I wrapped it in bacon and now it's got grease on it. I'm like, yeah, that's neat. Now you got to clean it. Here's here's the pro tip: you build a wire hanger that allows things to hang around the outside of it like a radiator and you could roll like 20 taquitos around a suppressor or a bunch of corny dogs and you could turn them so they're nice and all toasted on the sides. You see what I mean? So you could run a magazine through and then turn your corn dogs. A couple shots of the 44. Run, run, run a magazine through and then turn your corn dogs all in that little wire rack hung around the whole suppressor. You could put all sorts of things in there. That's for an ammo rich person. I'm just saying, dude, if you have a fucking suppressor, like it's not some guy like, I can barely afford to get by, I better buy yeah, yeah, <laughs> suppressor. Uh, no, th this is just gun toy stuff. I mean, some people have like functional relationships with things and some people buy guns. You know, so I just realized there is one company. And I have a lot of guns. There's a company that I feel like missed out on the suppressor game, Bose. Bose solution for <laughs> suppressors would just be an equally louder sound at the same time that was like a Microsoft warm-up sound. 
So they'd be like, you cannot hear the gunshot. And then you just hear like the THX sound in the middle of the woods really it's loudly. The it's the Windows XP like, something fucked up sound where it's like, Doom! and you're like, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, but it's that loud. <laughs> we all have PTSD it, it, from yeah, that noise. So, so it makes everyone jump in, in the woods, but you don't hear the gunshot. It's just jarring yeah, for different the, reasons. The animals don't know what don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, all the deer turn. They don't run. I, I like the idea that it, it's actually... <laughs> they, don't, they don't know what computer error sniper sounds like. I like the idea that it's like <laughs> it, it could play like Fuck. wildlife noises when it fires, but you just like a really loud quack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quack, quack, and you just see enemies falling. Yeah, like, like what quack at like a hundred forty decibels. Oh god! <laughs> so wait, no, no, wait, no, no. Wait. So it's like there's a dovahkeen, there's a fucking dovahkeen duck out here. No. Just fucking no. You. You have a suppressor. <laughs> when you shoot through it, it makes that old fucking Macintosh wah error. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it makes that sound, and you have a suppressed belt-fed gun. So you're like, yeah, me and the boys were out on patrol, and then the quacking started, and you just hear wah, 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 yeah, wah, wah, some wah. like feral, some like wild hogs or some shit come up. So like. <laughs> <laughs> We're making like DLC sound pack guns I, for real. I, I like the idea that the the guy who's using it, it like goes indoors but forgets to turn it off outdoors mode. So he goes to shoot and hear like the sound of a deer going. So agent agent 47 walks into this quiet place and you hear like a fucking earth shattering you know like owl hoot yeah like that rattles like yeah like oh god but it rattles the glass yeah no and he shoots really fast so it's like multiple overlapping yeah because it's a mini so it's like it's like yeah it's a mini so it's like interruptions like oh i also like the yeah i like the idea too where it's like oh sorry let me put it on indoor mode and it's just the icq message tex you were a fucking you were like a fucking security goon what would you what would what would your action be if you heard like you know like as opposed to a gunshot i'd be like well i'm about to retire <laughs> one like, yeah, way or like, another I know this job against everything but no that. i'd be like dude one way or another i believe this job has reached its finest hour <laughs> <laughs> followed by they do not pay me enough <laughs> <laughs> all right next one this one says impersonator asks music gets eaten by the void what Oh, uh, hey. Oh, uh, I just have to say, I was listening to an old podcast and uh, Tex referenced uh, Possum Lodge, the Red Green Show. And as a Canadian, I have to say that fucking blew my goddamn mind. Holy shit. Great show. A lot of childhood memories. Keep your stick on the ice. But um, I was curious about you guys. Uh, here's a question for you. Uh, what's your favorite musical genre? Um, band, like a song, like, on your face. And, uh, keep your stick on the ice. Yeah! Wow. <laughs> the black coat of the woods with a thousand young. Oh my god. It just glitched. Yeah! It definitely labeled it white. <laughs> what? No, asked read about that. Music, no, he asks, an AVE personator, impersonator asks music, gets eaten by the void. <laughs> AVE impersonator. AVE? Yeah, it's a Canadian channel. Oh. Asks yeah. music gets eaten by the void. 
Yeah, that was great. What do you guys think about me? Like, oh my god! Deputies since funeral is just so dry. <laughs> just like because it's it's cop humor. If man. I could hire anyone as my secretary. It, it for like a Ghostbusters outfit, it would probably be deputy. Yeah. He would just sit yeah. there and be like, "Hey, just to let you know, the ghost is back." <laughs> and you'd be like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Hey, say it's just tearing the faces of uh, children." Deputy's got Egon energy. Yeah, like that's, that's, like, that's, that's like what I mean. He's yeah. very Egon? much yeah from Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, he's very Egon. Where like Egon's got a good sense of humor and all, but he's like very dry when he delivers stuff. And yeah, that's, it's, yeah, no. So oh, that was good. Next, yeah, that, that was. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even answering the question. <laughs> there was no question. It was the void. Yeah, right. the next one is called <laughs> musical, <laughs> musical musings. Musical musings. Oh boy. Hello, everyone from the Black Pants Legion. I hope y'all's day has not been too difficult so far. I have a query. It is thus. What is y'all's favorite song or songs that their themes have changed as they have aged? Or when the, the song was first published, their themes were originally misconstrued. I hope y'all have a good rest of y'all's day and y'all try to stay safe. All right. Um, I talk a lot about Gilbert and Sullivan. I see it as comic opera, much like Rossini, and I know a lot about comic and romance operas, and I've I've listened to them my whole lives. And I see that the comedic opera as parody of Imperial System is like prime tier Imperial Victorian era shit posting. And it's beautiful because it's all very thinly veiled contempt for the system. But they're like Hey, what if in this empire of um, Japan, there was this guy who was the emperor who was like really brutal and stupid? <laughs> and they're like, in Japan? And they're like, yeah, we're going to host the play in London. <laughs> and it's all played by British actors who say, oh, yes, I'm the emperor. And people are like, is, are they making fun of the aristocracy? And they're like, no, no, that's that's fucking crazy. No relation to any person no, no, living or dead. Purely yeah, coincidental. Yeah, and so then they're like, hey, what if we did a song about the Navy? And they're like, about the modern Navy? And they're like, no, 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 no. Age of Sail Navy. Age of Sail Navy. Old Age of Sail Navy down in Spithead. Yes, sir, Age of Sail, normal Navy. And they're like, all right, that's fine. Wait, why is this guy singing a whole song about the Admiralty where he says that he got the job by doing office work and sucking up and being a yes man? Is that a reference to W.H. Smith, the current Lord of the Admiralty? No. Like, no. It's from the old commission system. Yeah, no, no, it's completely different because Gilbert and Sullivan were like, it is in our opinion that there could be no chance whatsoever, whatsoever. Of there ever being a first Lord of the Admiralty who is unfamiliar both with ships at sea and their logistics and command. There is no way we would suggest that. So they just gaslit the censors? Yes. That Gas, is, that's the best gaslight way. girl boss. No, that's what they did was they just basically... Um, it's the best way to, to deal with the system. Maybe. Well, that's what they did was they just shit posted their weight. So you start looking at it and you're like... If you want to know how crazy it is, look at W.H. Smith as First Lord of the Admiralty and look at his sheer lack of qualifications. And then you go listen to the When I Was a Lad song from HMS Pinafore, where this guy sings about all the things he did that were unnaval to get to be the First Lord of the Admiralty. 
and you're like holy shit that's like fucking crazy but it's a catchy tune so you remember it and sing it and use it to mock the state and i'm like all right that's nice that's a nice shit post but people only see the joking song or modern major general and they go haha it's old british comedy thing from tv and i'm like it's actually biting social satire on the fall of the uh, British uh, group at Khartoum against the Mahdi. If you look at modern major general, that was actually kind of predictive of a new bra- new uh, class of British model officer. Who yeah, was, it's just it's, like it's woke, a criti- even if you don't know the specific war, it's criticizing just like the it's Aristo it's, fucking yeah, it's, officers. It's, it's, cr- it's criticizing a aristocratic officer's upbringing with scholastic education, non based in factual measurable outcomes. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things of they have a lot of holistic knowledge that is barely tangentially related to the conduct of war. So you'll say, I can tell at spot a Mauser rifle from a javelin. That is one of the lines. Yeah. It says, I know the difference between a Mauser rifle and a javelin. And it's with, thick with a, with a point on it. With my eyes. Yeah. And he's boasting about that. I can tell the difference between these things. That is a lyric of the song. He is admitting his incredible incompetence. <laughs> and he's is that's i love stuff like that but context it's why i love these yeah. tunes did you just uh actually the general public with your explanation there i think so but as a subject matter shit poster i think i'm entitled yes yes you are i i often like to hear that uh actually come out when it's not really directed at anyone in particular it's we come I, up with we come up with some pretty good stuff from that. Hey man they can either like it or they can suck my dick next they're imaginary anyway exactly imaginary dick suckers <laughs> who would ever think about that late at night that's so weird right can we just put the question on <laughs> <laughs> mike scaros yeah this one's called uh tabletop homebrewing mechanics pretty straightforward uh hey everybody if you're hearing this thank you deputy uh secondly uh hey bpl i have a question about uh dungeons and dragons and i was wondering if it was possible to add a Battletech style hit locations mechanic to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Like, you know, a crit table. Yes. 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 Armor leg function yep. type thing. Uh, every time I tried to plan it out in my head, it got way too complicated. Don't worry so about I was it. Wondering if uh, this was something you could help me out with. Or Easy. Just rip it off Cyberpunk. Way Easy. Thanks a bunch. All right, so rip it off Cyberpunk, or here's what you do. You go online and you get you, you Google hit location dice. They're about 8 to $12. You bring them to the table, and you're like, oh, you attack. Oh, you hit. Roll the hit location dice. Or just roll it with the two roll. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Is so it just goes, oh, wow, you rolled, and boom. Oh, it's to the head. Oh, cool. And you have a crit chart for each of those. So you're like, cool, you get to roll the D10 on the crit chart, and boom. Oh, Dark oh, Heresy's yeah. crit charts are so good. That's what I mean. Import Dark Heresy's crit chart into D20. I really want to put that in the Star Trek the hit location dice i really Dude, want that's to. what that was my work run in dark heresy was the hit location dice is just roll that because it becomes a crazy random element you get three hot shots and then it's like hand foot head you're like oh dude in your head you go he was trying to get around the corner and i caught him as the muzzle rose yeah. you know what i mean and so in your head you build that picture and you're like oh cool that's really neat yeah, or like um, Gypsy did this in Cyberpunk where he did like multi-shot where like he hit the guy in the chest and his like armor jacket covered it, but then it also hit in dice. So yeah, it ricochets up from the chest and hits him in the eye and 
okay, he fucked up his stun save. So he just like falls down to the ground like, oh my eye. Exactly. He's just rolling around on the ground crying for the rest of the fight. Well, and that's that adds it's, flair to it. It's like, yeah, and the whole firefight is like lively footage. It's awesome. great. Yeah. Let's get another one. This one is, oh, yeah, I also want to point out that that recording sounded like the tape player from Evil Dead when they're summoning forth the demons. Just because it had that. What like, if what what would happen to Evil Dead? Like this is just text thinking because okay. there's there's rules to fantasy settings, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you got to read from the book and you got to blah blah blah. Yeah, Evil Dead's thing. very Delta Green. Yeah. So here's the thing. What if what if you took that book? Yeah. Okay. He had a tape recording of the thing. Yeah. Just run it in reverse. See what happens. Uh, nothing. How do you know? Because if he tries to do that, he's probably going to summon something he can't fucking fight. Well, then play it forward again. He tried. You the can't summon lamp it again. Kicked his ass. No, that's what I mean. Is you just keep playing like, it back and forth? How much worse can it be? Give Ash a fucking break. He did his best. He it did not do his best. He lost a hand. He watched he, his girl get banged by a bunch of by a bush. Yeah, dude, it was evil. He did through a lot of evil shit. But and the then thing in his is, advanced age, he got shoved up the ass of a corpse, listen, and we had to watch that scene together. We, and it was hilarious. It was hilarious. And and the here's third season of Evil Dead was great. But that's well, yeah. He was like, hey, let's see how much stupid shit we can do, and they <sighs> did it. What a team, Sam Raimi. All right, next question. Next question. All right, this next one is called another music question. Hey there, bros and brosephines, the Black Pants Legion. Brosephine. This like is it. Jordan, aka Paladin58, for if you ever run into me on Xbox or on Steam. And I've got some questions while I'm here on my commute for the fine folks on the BPL podcast today. So, I'm going to split this up into a few messages since I'm way too damn for bros. But my first question is going to be about battle music. I was stomping around on MechWarrior 5 with my brother here over the weekend, and I was just thinking, what would be your battle music? You know, that stuff that you'd go and like conduct PSYOPs campaigns with to go and confuse and demoralize enemies. I think I'd go with BFG Division from the most recent Doom game back in 2016. Yeah. Tiptoe Through the Tulips by Tiny Tim. I would play it through the loudest and most discordant audio system I could. I would want people to ear ear bleed to tiptoe through the window, out the window, and just have them be like running from that while I use flamethrower tanks and white phosphorus. Bayana, Bayana. Run it through a speaker system that can really capture just like the intensity of the of the percussion on that song. All right. Yeah, that would, that would be fucking crazy. <laughs> that would just bring back World War One army marches for no reason. So or like, Electra Swing. Can you guys run that scenario by me again? So how, how does this work? We well, said so choose your battle music that you would play over a PA to scare the enemy. And it's oh, like that okay. it's like that or just have someone who's good at making like really creepy music. Like let's say they had like the old Mighty Mouse record, but it skipped a lot. So it's like, <laughs> here I come to ta, 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 say suicide mouse. Day. Yeah, and so it's just like cranking weird. And they're like, ah. or no, no, or something that Psyduck did in Shadowrun uh, with within another group. Um, because he's his character was like discount agent 47 so at one point they hacked everything in this office 
they started blasting uh, Ave Maria through everyone's earbuds because they didn't have PA. Yeah. Um, and also put like a lively logo in everyone's peripheral vision. <laughs> so without even them firing a shot or even revealing himself, everyone started to panic and freak out and they were able to just run away in the confusion. It, like if you wanted to be weird with psyops and play stuff over the thing, what would be really funny is just to get Eldonius's bird. Grandma, Grandma, I, help me! I, I think I, 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 my song wouldn't scare the enemy; it would just make everybody fight just as hard. Uh, it, it would be the Battlefield Two or Battlefield theme, where it's like, da, 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 da. yeah. But the problem da, is, is da, like da, year da, da. three of the war, you're like in the trench, you're like, shut the fuck up. Da, 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 da. We're only gonna do it when we're actually like moving in on them. We're not, well, like, I know, but I'm saying it would be funny if it bogged down and the guys like, hey, you ready for a battlefield day? And you're I like, I would have no. a DJ on the battlefield being able to see it. So when they see an enemy coming up, you would just hear like, and the enemy's like, wait. Do we have a soundtrack for what we're doing? It's like <laughs> even worse. Yeah, yeah, like when they get enemy, when they get ambushed. When they get ambushed. When it, the tracers start flying, it's like <laughs> like it's like a boss fight. <laughs> so it would be um, the yeah. Star Trek arena theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that it also would tell the guys in our trenches like, oh shit, they're coming. Yeah, like like it would it okay, so you're saying build a soundscape for like most of the time for the guys in our trenches it's stuff that's really peaceful like uh the soundscape for Disco Elysium. And then and then for like when it gets bad it's like Star Trek music. They're like, "Boys, the the music changed. I see boss battle." Yeah, I hear I hear boss music. Yeah, Dark Souls music started playing. Yeah. Jesus. Oh god, Dark Souls music. Get the belt fed. <laughs> it's just one fucking technical. Do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This will be the last one for this uh this one is called Ura Liams. Ura Liams. U R A L I U M S. That's probably the guy's name. Okay. So, Ura Liamus and other war crimes. Collecteth thine idiots, because I got another game for you. The How to Kill It game. So, take something ridiculous. Think about how to kill it. The Quiet Place Aliens. After debating um, with a friend and with the quote unquote movie facts, these aliens are completely bulletproof. They came to Earth on asteroids. They're pretty hard to kill. How to kill it? Fire. Answer, cover them in uranium powder. Because there's no way they won't die from that. Okay, why? so uraliums, that's what that's what. Oh, yeah. so so like why? Uh, that's, a weird, that's a weird question. Because like if they're nearly bulletproof, it's like, neat. Well, how do they do when we hit them with nerve gas? And why because, did you ask that question like Dexter? Yeah, like what? you're... <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way he talks man no I, huh. I'm, I, I know. I'm fine with I yeah. know that it's just a, I'm just this making, is, it's just like a Nemean lion I'm, thing I'm one it's to like, talk oh, Hercules is, look I'm one to talk this is what I sound like 24-7 so yeah. yeah like it's it's like it's like hey do they breathe air yeah well let's see if they can breathe tetraethyl lead yeah <laughs> like I <laughs> it's like hey Dow Chemical yeah plan F thank you can you fight Union Carbide I don't think so 
you reminded me of that thing you said about the the Detroit extinguisher home defense strategy. Yeah, if you want to fight somebody in your house in Detroit, don't get a gun. Get a fire extinguisher and aim for the face. Anyways. Uh, that was pretty much it. Uh, we have more questions, but for now, uh, I think that's good for it uh, for us right now. We have one other follow-up question from Oscar, if you guys want to do that real quick. Sure. As, as long as this hasn't been consumed by the void. Who knows? God, that was funny. Oscar, episode 53, second question. Uh, did you ever have media so rich, so informative, just so satisfying, it was difficult to consume, to finish? Like, uh, for example, I have a book, Sumba Technologie, uh, by Stanislaw Lem, that is just a bunch of observations from a 1960s science fiction writer, but it's so full of well-constructed arguments that I find it very difficult to uh, continue after finishing one chapter because I have to just ruminate on the thoughts inside. Uh, like an, another example would be uh, Disco Elysium. Yes. That's that's so full of atmosphere and tension. That it's difficult for me to play for more than a couple of hours. Because it just gets to me. It's so too exciting. Yeah, it's it's pretty overwhelming. Yeah, Disco Elysium is something we've all felt like that for. It's a game that touched a lot of people in a very unique way. And I find the same way with, like, Dune. I've talked about Dune on the podcast a lot. Because it's one of those things you can reference and go, like, wow, that's actually a really smart statement. I tried to read Evola, but then Evola is like, he makes these very wild claims that is like, wait a second, that doesn't sound right. But then the other thing is he's the way that he writes stuff and he's referencing shit. He, he assumes you've read like the entire corpus of classical literature and like much of the European philosophy of his time as well. Yeah, well, a lot of these people are like, hey, uh, if you haven't read all the other shit, fuck you. Here's what I want to talk about. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. he was a crazy autist. Well, some people are. Yeah. I mean, shit, I made this place. And speaking of, that'll bring me into this episode, I think. Remember, uh, you can downvote a podcast. You can downvote a podcast. I'm like we, Apple, we, we found out. But I'm just going to let you guys know. If you want to hear a podcast that's free of bullshit, that's not going to tell you what to fear and how to fear and how to feel, and I'm not going to wor worm in your life and try to sell you bullshit, and you want to support that... You can find the Black Pants Legion on Patreon, and every dollar you go is is actually going to be used at technically Texas now taking a salary. So, technically, um, th this this is finally after years of everyone eleven trying, years people um, trying to tell you to take the fuck. Yeah, thing. but but I'm saying that like if you want if you guys want to say you want to help and that's cool. If you also want to help by letting people know this really cra crazy weird podcast that's just very real but also very shit posty exists. Dude, spread us around. I mean, just just help us out in any which way you can, and we really appreciate it. We're going to be way over the Monday morning podcast. We're coming for Bill Burr. At some point, we're going we're gonna to surpass him. Who the fuck is Bill Burr? I'm kidding. No, oh, God. Ligma. <laughs> Ligma. <laughs> Steve Jobs, yes. <laughs> Who's Steve Jobs? Ligma. Ligma balls. <laughs> yeah, he was destroyed. <laughs> he was destroyed. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> It all comes back to that fucking Minecraft joke book. I apologize for nothing regarding that joke book. Mike, in this shit.